Uh, we are talking all things Proverbs this month. And so we're, some of our preachers are going to be sharing two, three, four verses out of Proverbs that really resonate with them. Uh, I did a little a, a Bible study on the wisdom for wealth last Sunday night, 10 wisdom principles around wealth that's online. Uh, you can listen to that podcast. And so today I want to speak out of Proverbs on one of the main themes of Proverbs. So not specifically just a few verses, but one of the main themes of Proverbs. And one of the main themes of Proverbs is the human heart, the heart. Proverbs more than 80 times in the New King James Version mentions the word heart. And probably the signature verse when it talks about heart is Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And it says this, above all else, everybody say above all else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows out of your heart. Above everything else, the wisest man of the ancient world said, anointed by the Holy Spirit, guard your heart. Guard your heart. And that's the New King James, the NIV version. The, the New King James says this keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got some issues. I thought about whether I should say, turn to your neighbor and say, you've got issues. But I thought it was better if I okay, go, turn to your other neighbor and say, my issues are as bad as your issues. Go on, just, just say that online. Just say, hi, I've got some issues. All right. Good news is we've got some tissues for your issues here today. It's a whole box to hand around. Uh, the, the NLT says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. When the, when the uh, Proverbs talks about your heart, uh, it uses some metaphors. Uh, it uses some metaphors, uh, one of them which is a garden. And so if you're to protect or weed or look after your garden and what's planted in, your, in, your, in the garden and stop your, the, the dirt from going hard, like your heart going hard and, and make sure the weeds are pulled. And so it uses that kind of metaphor. It also uses the metaphor like a lake. And out of the lake that is your heart will flow all the, the issues of your life. Above all else, guard your heart. The word guard, the Hebrew word is nortzor. And it, literally it's used when they would describe a guard of a city. A watchman who's protecting the city as, as intruders try to get into that city. And that person would be the one who would guard the city. So it's using this analogy around your heart and my heart that we need to, we need to stop what gets into our heart. We need to be protective of our heart above all else. We need to be protective of what gets into our heart. And it goes on and says, why? Because everything you do flows from it. That's the lake illustration. Or another, another version says, because it determines the course of your life, which could be the course as in a river. But the word course literally means that the, the boundaries. It's geographical. So the boundaries of your life, uh, uh, another word would be the ceiling. The ceiling on your life, and often we think like this, well, the ceiling on my life is my boss because he's a turd and he wants, well, mate, sorry. 
church. I'm in church. He's, he's not doing so well and he's, he's a ceiling on my life. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry, Lord. Overflowed out of my heart, obviously. So bad. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. All right. So you're like, it's, it's my boss is a ceiling on my life. My spouse is a ceiling on my life. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got issues, obviously. <laughs> Sorry online. We'll, we'll wipe that off from the recording. Uh, my, my, you know, my, my, it's, it's my, my bank account. That's the ceiling on my life. My upbringing. That's the ceiling on my life. The opportunities that I'm getting. The country that I live in, the, the, the street that I live in, the school that I go to, the family that I'm part of, that's the ceiling of my life. And the Bible says, no, no, it's not. The ceiling on your life and my life is my heart and your heart. That's why I've got to guard it, protect it, watch over it above everything else because out of my heart flows the direction of my life. Out of my heart is the limitation or restriction of my life. So just a little thought around that today then is no one but you is responsible for the condition of your heart. And no one but me is responsible for the condition of my heart. Now, I can resource you as your pastor with, with all sorts of good things to plant in your heart. And I can pray for you as a pastor and encourage you and warn you and exhort you to don't let that seed of offense get planted in your heart from somebody else. But ultimately, I'm not responsible for your heart. You are. And you're not responsible for my heart. I am, but together we can work together to look after the condition of our hearts. Guard your heart. So here's some things that, some insights from Proverbs about your heart. I'm just going to skip through a few. Uh, the first thing is our heart reveals who we really are. It's not your dress code. It's not what you're wearing. It's not your job. It's your heart. Proverbs 27:19. As in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. What's in my heart? That's who I am. Uh, our heart can be hard. Proverbs 28 verse 14, happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. A heart can be hard. Our heart can be sick. Proverbs 13 verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Here's this gardening concept again. So if, if I'm disappointed because that thing I've been hoping for hasn't happened, then my, my heart's going to get sick. But when, when the Word of God is fulfilled or my dreams are fulfilled, it will become a tree of life and joy. My heart can be hardened. It can be sick. Our heart can be anxious. Anxiety in the, man, in the heart of a man causes depression. You're like, where does depression come from? It starts in the heart. It's the heart issue. Now, there can be physiological reasons. There can be all sorts of different things, but ultimately it's a heart issue. A, word, a good word makes it glad. So we read through the rest of the Bible, we find out that the heart can be broken because Jesus said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. We, we, we know that the heart can be discouraged. These are, these are negative things. Like it's, a heart can be envious. A heart can be lustful. A heart can be filled with anger. Uh, that, that's the negative side of things. But also your heart can be joyful, filled with love, filled with life. I love what the psalmist David writes in uh, Psalm chapter 45, verse 1. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. 
I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. The psalmist is saying, my heart's in a really good place. There's an overflow of joy and I'm expressing that in psalms and songs to God. What's in your heart will eventually overflow. It will leak out. As much as we try to present well, the longer we're around each other, what's in our heart leaks out. So therefore, we've got to guard our heart. Our heart affects our physical body, the Proverbs tells us. Proverbs 14 verse 30, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. You get envy in your heart, jealousy, it'll actually cause sickness in your body. Envy, comparison is the greatest joy stealer on the planet. When I'm envious of what you've got, I stop thanking God for what I've got. And then that becomes, that causes sickness in my body, the Bible tells me. Proverbs tells me a merry heart does good like a medicine. Come on, who used to sing that song back in the day? A merry heart. No, okay, right, let's move on. Does good like a medicine, like a medicine, does a merry heart. Okay, but a broken spirit dries the bones. That's our heart. It will flow, it'll eventually leak into your body and leak into your relationships and leak into your life. Your, let's remember this, my heart is the ceiling on my life, but it's also the opportunity. So I've got to pay attention to my heart and you've got to pay attention to your heart. Now, the Lord tests our heart, we find out in Proverbs. Proverbs 24, uh, Proverbs 17, verse 3, the crucible for silver, the furnace for gold. So the silver and gold goes through heat to get rid of the impurities, to purify it. But the Lord tests the heart. God tests. He lets us go through fire to get rid of the impurities. God allows us, when God's put on your life a call to be an influencer, to be a person who's going to be influencing for the kingdom, people to, for Christ, people in ministry, people in the sphere God's called you to, then God doesn't just promote you to a position of influence without first testing what's in your heart. Because the, the more success we have in our life, success does not change a person. Success just reveals what's already in our heart. Success will magnify who I am as a person. And so God doesn't want to give us success in case it's going to blow us up, so he allows us to be tested. When I was a kid, I used to ride a push bike, and you know, when you, when you ride a push bike, every now and then you'd get a puncture. And so I'd learned from my dad how to fix a puncture. You blow up, the, you, you pull the tube out of the tire and you, and you get a bucket of water and you blow up the tube. And if you can't see where the hole is, I mean, it's obvious if there's a nail in it, but if you can't see where the hole is, you, you blow it up and then you submerge it underwater to see where the bubble's coming from, pull it out, mark it with a little bit of chalk, right? And then, and, and then go to work, sand it back, put some stuff on, patch it. And, and you, so there's this whole process of identifying where the hole is so that you can fix it. God allows you and I, come on somebody, God allows us to get submerged under some pressure to see where the holes, where the, the chinks, where the issues of our heart are, where we he allows us to go through a wilderness and, and watch us, do we complain and whinge and be negative or are we thankful that he's delivered us? And it's a season of testing in our life. He submerges us. He, he puts us through the fire of affliction and what's inside of us becomes revealed and then he goes, all right, I want you to go to work on that. 
Go to work on your thankfulness. Go to work on your faith. Go to work on the way you speak about people. Go to work on, on, on uh, the way whether you're walking with integrity or not. I'm testing your heart. And then here's the interesting thing. He doesn't just patch it. But then what, it, what, is, what do you do? A, a good, this, my dad would do this. He would resubmerge it once it had all dried out, resubmerge, fill it up with air again, put it back under the water before putting it in the bike, submerge it under more pressure to see if the patch has actually worked or not. And you're like, oh, God's taking me through a really tough season and it's been really hard going and, and I think I'm through it and I'm going to come out the other side. Well, often the way we know I'm, I'm going to come out the other side is he lets me go through a tough season to watch how I respond. Do I turn to him in prayer? Do I, do I stand on the word of God? Do I press into the family of God? Do I love the people of God around my life? Do I, do, is there a sense that out of my heart is flowing a good theme, even though out of my circumstances there's not? He allows us to be tested, and he tests our heart. So this is the thing. Our behavior then is an overflow of our hearts. Proverbs tells us very clearly. Proverbs 12, verse 20, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Deceit is in the heart of those who then devise evil. Jesus confirmed this. For uh, Let's jump down to uh, well, Matthew 15, 19. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Where does it come out? Where does it come from? The devil? No. Our heart. My heart. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He might have tempted you, but he tempted what was in your heart. I know it's harsh, isn't it? But let's keep going. Is this Jesus? Just, just to be clear. Proverbs and Jesus together uh, doing a little heart check today. Luke 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. There's another concept around a, a metaphor for the heart. So we've got a lake we've, or a, we've got a garden. Now we've got a treasure chest. Out of, the, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Listen to my language. You'll, you'll be able to, over a period of months, you'll be able to tell what's the, what's the treasure and evil in my heart. Same for you. What's leaking out? Mm. Proverbs 21 verse 4. Now, I read this this morning, and I'd never seen it before. This is awesome. Haughty eyes and a proud heart. This is my daily devotional. Haughty eyes and a proud heart. The unplowed field of the wicked produce sin. Probably one of the key themes that comes up over and over again in Proverbs around the heart in terms of sin is pride. I know better than God. I know I'm better than them. I'm judge so judgment comes out of pride. Criticism comes out of pride. Uh, making dumb decisions is because I don't humble myself to stop and ask God or ask, ask somebody else for help. And so what this, this verse tells us, haughty eyes, the way I look at circumstances, and a proud heart, the unplowed field of the wicked. I just I began to think about that, the unplowed field. So if your heart's a field, like a garden, and I don't dig it up periodically and it just goes hard, then that's, the, that's where sin comes. 
if I don't keep the work of plowing my heart, if I don't dig up my heart, then it will ultimately produce sin. Now, it might not immediately, if I stop doing my heart work, and I've done, if I've done a lot of heart work for a, a series of years, then that's going to flow for the next season. But then if I stop doing my heart work, guarding my heart, watering my heart, protecting my heart, weeding my heart, sowing things into my heart that are positive, if I stop that, then I'm going to then, once that lap overlap stops, then I'm going to get a hardened heart. And Proverbs tells us there that that's where pride comes in and we produce sin. If your heart's like a garden or like a lake or like a treasure chest. A mentor of ours 10 years ago told us the story about the keeper of the springs. Uh, the late Peter Marshall, who was a, a, once a, a very popular speaker and the chaplain of the United States Senate, used to love to tell the story called the keeper of the springs. There was a, a quiet forest dweller and they lived in an Austrian village in the, uh, the eastern slopes of the Alps and they hired a gentle old man who'd been, who, who'd been in the town for years but this young town council hired this man to clear away the debris from the pools of water that fed the lovely spring flowing through their town. With faithful, silent regularity, he patrolled the hills, removed the leaves and the branches, and wiped away the silt from the fresh flow of water. By and by, the village became a popular attraction for vacationers. Graceful swans floated upon the crystal clear spring. The farmlands were naturally irrigated, and the view from the restaurants was picturesque. It became a popular tourist destination. Years passed. One evening, the town council met for its semi-annual meeting, and as they reviewed the budget, one man noticed a salary figure being paid to an obscure keeper of the springs. He said about that, he said, who's this old man and why do we keep paying him year after year? What, we, what he's doing is not really good. He's not necessary any longer. So unanimously they voted and they dispensed with the old man's services. Now for weeks into months, nothing really changed. But by early autumn, the trees began to shed their leaves. Small branches snapped off, fell into the pools, hindering the rushing flow of water. One afternoon, someone noticed a slight yellowish-brown tinge to the spring. A couple of days later, the water was much darker. In another week, a slimy film covered sections of the water along the banks and a foul odour was detected. The mill wheels moved slower, some finally grounded to a halt. Swans left the village and soon later, tourists stopped coming. Clammy fingers of disease and sickness reached deeply into the village. Embarrassed, the council called a special meeting, realizing their gross error in judgment, and they hired back the old keeper of the spring. And within weeks, the river began to clear up. You and I need a keeper of the spring of our heart. We need some disciplines, some practices that if we stop them, we might not notice immediately I've stopped this practice of dealing with my heart. And I've watched people as they've reversed out of church, 
I've watched people as they've separated out of relationship. I've watched people as they've got successful and busy suddenly go look at the line items of their life and time and investment, go, I don't have time for that anymore. I'm successful. Things are going really well. So I don't have time for that. I'll reallocate the budget of my time to other things. And before long, not realizing what was keeping the heart clean, the simple little things, the simple practices that keep our heart right, suddenly my heart's got hard, my heart's got polluted, my heart's got uh, sick with disappointment and now I haven't treated that, sick, that disappointment and I've become cynical or whatever it might be. We need a keeper of the springs for our heart. Guard your heart above all else because out of your heart flow the issues of life. So let me talk just for a few minutes then about what would the keeper of the springs of your heart do as regular practice? What would, what would a wise person, well, you'd obviously, you'd follow the teachings and the way or the practices of Jesus. And the warning is that they're not going to be immediate overnight changes, but they will build a, 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 a rhythm in our lives that produce something good in our hearts. What are some practices? And, and I like to think of it, if I was to think of it like a garden, and, and we've had varying successes in our gardening over the years. And there are things that you do by practice that keeps the garden looking awesome. But what I've noticed is to get the soil hardened and the weeds flourishing is pretty easy. Do nothing. Like, I'm a brilliant weed gardener. Oh my gosh, genius. They just, but all of us, negative attitudes, problems, issues, criticism, gossip, stinginess, all sorts of things. You don't have to, you don't have to plant those seeds. They're in your human flesh. They'll just, weeds don't need to be planted. Now there are certain things that will get planted that you have to be careful. Don't plant that. That's going to overtake the whole garden. And there are certain things that the, so there's certain things that are just, will come up out of your flesh because you're a human being and we're, we've got to keep crucifying our flesh. And when you become a Christian, here's the greatest advantage uh, to keeping your heart pure is to become a, a, a connected to Jesus. It's like, this is the way I'd imagine. If your heart's a lake, then suddenly a spring from the Spirit of God bubbles up on the inside. And now there's this life spring. And Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. So if you want the lake of your heart to be clean and you're not yet connected to God, today's the day to connect to God so that there's a flow of the Spirit of God bubbling up on the inside that's not dependent on your goodness. It's dependent on the goodness of God. So it'll bubble up on the inside every day. And then you get into atmospheres like this where we worship and that rain of heaven will wash down into your heart and keep it sweet. 
Got to get in worship. Got to keep the, the spring bubbling, okay, on the inside. And so if you're, if you're yet to say, I, God, I want a relationship with you. I, I'm asking for your forgiveness for my stuff, and I want to start doing things your way. In a few minutes, we're going to pray a prayer that will be a game changer for you. If you once walked with God, but you stopped walking with God, and things were good for a while, but then you've noticed you've got a heaviness around your life. You've lost your peace. You've lost a sense of purpose. Today's the day to come back to God. If you're watching online, today's the day to reconnect with God. That's what you can do. But this is what we're doing for the garden of our heart. Some of them are out of Proverbs. I want to read Proverbs 7, verse 1 to 3. My son, keep my words. Treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live. And my law is the apple of your eye. That's your focus. Bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. This phrase appears all the way through Proverbs. Write the scripture, the wisdom of God. Write it on the tablet of your heart. Here's another metaphor. This is like the treasure. So uh, Psalm 119, your word I've treasured in my heart. I get scripture into my heart. I, I write it on my heart. Every day I, I read my Bible and I have a coffee and then I, I go, what, God, what, what's sticking out to me? And I write it in my journal and I make notes about it. And it's, it's my way. It's a simple daily habit of, of sowing the seed of the word of God into my heart. I listen to podcasts where the Word of God is preached, and it's the way I get the Word into my heart. Your Word I've treasured where? In my heart. I'm so, if you want good fruit to, to grow in your life, you're sowing seed when you're, when you're reading, you're memorizing, you're speaking the Scripture. That's what has the life of God in it. Anxiety in the heart of a man, where? Weighs him down. But what a good word. Builds him up. That's the Word of God. Plant the Word of God in our heart. Listen to the Word of God. Treasure the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. It's a beautiful thing to do. You'll find that the daily practice, don't, don't cheat yourself out of time in the Word every day because it'll pollute the springs before you know it. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Colossians 3 verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So that's the word, that's the Bible, in all wisdom teaching. Then admonishing or encouraging one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace, where? In your hearts to the Lord. See, it's possible. I, I, think, I believe personally that worship, pr praise, thanksgiving and worship, that's not just songs we sing that but comes up out of our heart, is a place where God softens hard hearts. If you were to go, okay, we're gonna, we've, got, we've got a garden full of weeds, where do I start? And I'll go, all right, well, probably you want to water that thing so you can pull the weeds out. So you're like, oh, my heart's just hardened over a period of time. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy with where my heart is and what's going in my life. I'd say get into some worship. Let the rain of heaven fall on you. Worship with all your heart and love God and keep going until your heart connects to your words. Because it's easy to sing words that aren't connected to your heart. Sing words from your heart. Let it overflow. Thankfulness, worship and praise. There's so much we've got to be thankful for. But it's so easy to be locked in on the problems we're facing. 
thankfulness. So that's, that's, the, that's the rain. You get rain on your garden. That way you sow good seeds with the Word of God. Okay, one another. We get together. with. You notice it says there, encouraging one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There's just there's something about getting together. I loved what you shared, Renee. That, that, there's, there's something about praying over each other and, and having meals together and, and laughing together and, and, and competing in games together. Come on, there's, there's something about sharing the Word that God's given you and, and me sharing the Word that He's given me and you telling it me about your challenge and us weeping together, the Bible says, and laughing together. And there's this something that's going on. You're not supposed to do life alone and you will not guard your heart alone. As much as it's your responsibility, I've got to be in an atmosphere. Got to be in a greenhouse. Got to be with other people who, who, and we can put shade over each other and protect one another. I love when I worship, and the band, you can come up right now. I love when when I worship... And I seek God and I pray each day. And prayer is another way that I just let, let God work in my heart. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 7 says this, Submit yourselves into God. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Come near to God, he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. And what? Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submit to God means I repent. It's, it's a daily practice. Got this little weed in my heart of negativity about that person. Forgive me, Jesus. I've got this pride that's in my heart. And I'm, I'm looking down on some people and thinking I'm pretty awesome. Forgive me, Jesus. I've got this ambition in my heart that's not a godly ambition. It's about me becoming something and it's all about me. It's not about Jesus. God, let, don't let selfish ambition get in my life. Some, I don't know if you've ever had nut grass in your, in your garden. Oh, man. Pluck it, grows back. Pluck it, grows back. Pluck it, grows back. It's like it's got this little bulb at the bottom, and it's so hard to get out. So you've got to get some special stuff to put on it that poisons it. It's expensive little stuff, and it poisons it, it to the root. And sometimes, and, and Pastor Danielle shared a beautiful message at our uh, powerhouse conference about rooting pride out of our lives. And sometimes the rooting pride out of our lives, which is often the root cause of so much of our sin, it takes a little work. It takes the poison of the presence of God. It takes, it takes humility. It takes apology. I remember, I remember having to apologize to my parents, my youth group, my youth leaders, my brother. Uh, so I didn't, because there's one thing to repent and say sorry to God. It's another to actually go to someone and say, I've been really proud and I've treated you wrong and I'm so sorry. It's like, that takes the root out. It's easy to say, God, I'm sorry. And that's important. But take the root out because that's only going to keep growing. There'll be things in our heart that the rest of of our lives we're going to have to repent of and get right with God because that's the human nature. So the practice of coming before Him with thanksgiving, praise and worship and loving Him and then saying, Father, what's in my heart that's displeasing to You? What am I doing? What am I saying? What am I thinking? Where am I going? What's what's in my heart? Show me what's in my heart so that I can repent and get it out. Show me who I need to forgive. Show me what other people, what the devil's trying to plant in my heart through somebody else's issues. That's like one of the worst things that can happen. 
I mean, it's dealing with my own offense when stuff goes wrong, when someone mistreats me, that's enough. But then the devil trying to plan out their issues in my heart. Like, don't let him do that. Just, I'm not having that. I'm guarding my heart. I don't want ceilings on my life. I don't want the springs to get poisoned. Guard my heart. Guard your heart. So when I confess and forgive, purify my heart. Lord, purify my heart. That's a prayer I pray. Lord, purify my heart. You know me, so you know I need to play that, pray that prayer a lot, right? Purify my heart, God. And I know you a little bit, so I reckon you're pretty similar. And then out of that, this is my favorite last, I'm going to finish with this verse, Romans 5 verse 5. says this, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. My daily prayer, I, I, come into, I worship God, I thank God, come into His presence, I ask Him, Lord, I'm repenting of this, I'm forgiving that. And then my daily, I just stop and say, God, I, just, I need a top up of the love of God. And that's the Holy Spirit's job in your life. He lives in you to pour God's love into your heart. And if all of our conversation is only one way to God and we never stop and say, Father, come on, pour your love in my heart. We're missing out. The love of God is the most beautiful, beautiful thing that I might know Him, that I might experience Him. I want you to know Him. I want you to experience Him. So what I want us to do is let's just close our eyes right now. I looked at the service this morning. I saw we could grab some time to worship together again. I want us to stand to our feet, church. If you're at home, don't go away. I want us just to take another eight or nine, ten minutes to worship. Because worship, maybe you didn't connect your heart earlier in the worship. Well, worshiping with all of your heart is part of how God comes and washes your heart clean. He washes His love into your heart. So come on, let's love Him. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts, all your soul and all your mind. I stand in awe. Let's sing that. So guard your heart. For out of your heart flow all the issues of your life. Above all else, guard your heart with worship, with the Word of God, with fellowship, with repentance and forgiveness, and letting His love pour into your heart and my heart. God bless your church. You're awesome. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Pastor John.